Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Did you bring your Bible to church? Who loves the Word of God? Open with me to 1 Corinthians 3. And just some context here, the Apostle Paul in his letter is, is, is issuing some, some instruction to the church and there's some stuff happening that's contextual to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ at that time. But as we know, um, you know, it's a different time, but it's the same demonic forces that are at work today. And so we can t- take great encouragement from the text today because... This is not an old, ancient document. This is uh, very much applicable to the life that we live today and the things that we face today. So let's read it together here. 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 1, he says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready. For you are still of the flesh. For there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not merely, are you being, not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, But look at this, but God gave the growth. That's the reality about our lives as we grow in the Lord is that certain people come along on assignment to do certain things like plant and water. There's obedience in that for all of us. But what do we know from the scripture today? We know that it's God who gives the growth, God who brings the increase. Come on, somebody. It's God that brings the supply and the goodness into our lives. So Paul says that to the church. Says so. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labors. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. I want to preach the last uh, message in our series, Planting and Flourishing, today. So this is part four, and here's the title. You ready? Grow up. Online, that's the title of the series. Grow up, grow up, the title of the message. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it nourishes us, it helps us, it changes us, it shapes us, it molds us. And Lord, we're grateful for everything you're doing in our lives. And Father, we say this all the time, but we mean it. We don't want another church service. God, we don't want to tick another box. We want to have an encounter with you. Father, I just get this picture, this sense right now that you're allowing us to sit with you, to sit with your word. For some of us, we're just sitting with your word on our laps opened up, but Lord, it's a a picture of us sitting with you. And so, Father, I pray that that would come forth today, that that would um, just become real to us today. And Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray this message inspires life and hope into people, no matter where they're at. 
And Father, we thank you for colonial kids as they're raging and having a good time right now. Lord, we just thank you. You're going to bless them as they're in your house, in your presence. In Jesus' name, we all said? You ever been in a situation where it seemed like God took forever to give you what you wanted? hear the mutterings of, yes, 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 me. And maybe you've been there or maybe you're there right now where you're on the front side of your blessing or your breakthrough and it just seems like it's never going to come to you. Like God is making you wait. Like God is holding out on you. And it seems like even the part that you've played, you've done. You've completed it. You've you, you've. You've prayed, you've believed, but it seems like God's making you wait. And if we're not careful, it can cause us and lead us to a place where maybe we begin to think things like, is God actually doing anything here? Is there actually growth taking place? Is there a progress that's, that's, that's coming into my life? Or what is God even doing? And what's the point of me waiting for Him? There's a reason that he doesn't give us instantly what we want or what we're trying to get. There's a reason that God makes us wait. God's actually not afraid to make his people wait for things. Time and time again, throughout the word, throughout the, the, the entirety of scripture, that's why it's important not to pick and choose which parts of the Bible you like. You need to like the whole thing. Okay? But God kept his people waiting in captivity for 400 years. God kept people waiting in the wilderness for 40 years. And on the other side of that waiting was breakthrough, was promise, was blessing, was overflow, was abundance. You ever thought about this? We're actually waiting right now. We're waiting on God right now. You say, what are you talking about? We have a king who's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. And what we're doing right now is we're waiting on God. And God is good and he's in the business sometimes of waiting because here's the truth. God is never late, but always on time. I want to talk today as we finish this series about the waiting, but also the growing. There's a, there's a tether between those two things, the growing and the waiting and this message, I pray, will, 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 will inspire you today while you wait. If you're in here today and you're waiting, there's something special in this today for you because there is something important happening at any time that we're waiting on God. That God is actually working in our lives. Maybe if we're not careful, we won't see it or won't appreciate it. But Psalm 92 has been our text for this series. And I love that over the years, there's been this beautiful distilling of God's uh, message through this series and, and even through my life and my understanding and revelation of Psalm 92, he's just brought this beautiful distilling to it. But we're coming to the end of it where, where there, there is a promise in Psalm 92 that every single person that calls, calls themselves the righteous in Christ can experience this promise. It's in verse 12. It says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Look at this continuation of the promise, even in your life today. It says they still bear fruit in old age. 
They are ever full of sap and green. That's usefulness. That's efficiency. That's the Holy Spirit's work in your life. But there's always a purpose to it. Look at verse 15. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So we've been taking this example, this illustration in Scripture that we see all through Scripture uh, about how God plants his people. And we started off by talking about how God only needs a seed. That's all God needs is a seed. Maybe it's a seed of faith. Maybe it's a seed of obedience. Maybe it's just a simple, okay, God, I'm in. God can use the smallest of things to bring, to, to bring about the biggest of blessings and increase in your life. So what seed of faith can you sow? That was where we started. Then we talked about embracing the dirt. That at some point, you've got to come around the fact that this is going to take a little bit of dirt. And you've got to get in it to experience it. To get into the soil. And then last week, just needs a little water. I talked about five water wells that we can draw on. And are you drawing on them every single day? Listen to me, friend. Once a week is not enough. It's not enough. If you're relying on me in 35 minutes on a Sunday to give you the water you need, I'm so sorry. It's not enough. And it's just a little bit of water, but God can do so much. And when we sign up and we get by those wells of water, they were prayer, Bible reading, worship, church groups, all that sort of stuff. Can I just encourage you? You need the water. The water is more significant than you think. But then today I want to talk about the growth. I want to give you a formula. I'm a bit of a formula guy. Okay, I like formula. I don't know how this occurred in my life. Maybe it was because of some sin in my life, but I came to like math, okay? Um, as I got a little bit older, I don't know why, but I started to enjoy math. And, and for some reason, formulas speak to me because I like the predictability of a formula. You say to me, hey, give me the formula, I'll follow the formula, and then the formula will do something in my life. But I wanted to give you this formula today. Ready? Planted plus faithful equals blessed. If you're planted in good soil, which is the soil of God's choosing, listen to me, friend, and you're faithful, you will be blessed. It's just a matter of time. But here's the thing about the time. If we're not careful, we can say, well, God's not doing anything. There's actually nothing happening above the surface. I don't see God working at all. That's where you're wrong. Do you remember those of you who had kids, your kids come home and it's so, so annoying because it's so dirty, but the, the teachers will give the kids like a little cup of soil and they'll give a little, it's like a science illustration or something like that. It's so annoying because it's just mess, it's just dirt all through my truck. But you get the, the, the kids, they have that little cup and they're so excited to show you, Dad, there's a seed in there and we're going to put it on the windowsill and Dad, we're going to water it every day. And I'm like, great. Precious. <laughs> Maybe. But those one or two days where nothing is happening is the most agonizing for the kids. Because they're just like, Dad, nothing. Dad, did we water enough? Is it... It's just like nothing is happening, but those of us know that there is actually a lot happening. You just can't see it yet. It's exactly the same with our life spiritually. Sometimes when we look above the surface, we may not see the blessing, but we know that God is working. Remember the formula. If you're planted in good, good soil, the soil of his choosing, and you are faithful, God will bless you. The soil's watered, seeds being planted, and the growth will 
come, but it takes time. What do you do when it takes time? What do you do when you're waiting on His timing? See, I believe the word of the Lord today is this. When you're waiting on God, you're actually growing in the Lord. Many things happen to us when we wait. Many things happen in us when we wait. Some of the things that happen when we're waiting on God is He makes Himself known to us. That's one of the first things he does. He makes himself known to us because we have to be confronted with, with the goodness of his character and believe he is who he said he is. So he makes himself known to us through the waiting. He then also makes his purposes known to us in the waiting. But then there's a final thing that happens. He makes his ways work in us. He does a work in us that is so valuable that is so beautiful that he doesn't want to skip that step. In the waiting, I actually grow more than I think I do. And when the Apostle Paul addresses the believers in Corinth, he's essentially saying, guys, grow up. Grow up. And remember that God is doing the growing, not you. It's not because of him. It's not because of her. It's not because of this thing that happened. God is at work here. And so today I want to talk about the growing of your life. I want to talk about the growth in your life and encourage you today. If you're waiting, can I just say that there is something happening beneath the surface? You know, when we, we were in the early years of planning our church, this story literally just came to me. I just want to share it. I feel like the Lord's leading me to share it. But in our church, when we were at the Armory, does anyone remember the Armory days? Represent? Armory on San Marco. One of the best but worst venues of all time. <laughs> one of the best venues because of all the artillery in the back you could go check out. And you know, they keep tanks and stuff back there. It's pretty cool. But it, one of the worst venues for setting up for church every, every week. I mean, it's just basically a shell. You've got to put it all together. And we were there for probably two or three years. And there were times where I was just like, God, what is happening right now? Why aren't we going to the next level? We would be every single week, 200 people every single week, 200, 200, 200, 240, 230, 220, 210. Jill and I drive home. We're like, what, 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 where's the increase? But God was doing something in me. He was doing something in the surface of my heart, beneath the surface getting us ready for what God would do in the next season. And I thought there was no growth happening. And God dealt with me and said, hey, 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 you might have thought that you did this. You might have thought that you did that. You might have thought this, it's because of this and this person. What, you're a part of what I'm doing. <laughs> so can I just encourage you today? Beneath the surface, God's at work. And we've got to be people that understand I'm not putting my sight on what's happening above the surface and looking for the little thing and the, oh, wow, isn't that great? We just got to know and have faith today and be, be resolute and strong and steeled in our faith to know God is at work in our lives. So I want to talk to you today as a believer about the coming growth in your life that's on the way and how it comes to us. Number one, how does the growth come? It, grow, it comes, growth comes by faith. Okay, it comes by faith. Another word, for faith is trust. Just because you haven't seen the growth yet doesn't mean that it's not coming. In the planning of your life, there is much that's happening beneath the surface before you even get a glimpse of anything above the surface. Growth is on the way. Because faith in God will always cause you to grow. That's what I love about God. 
If you're going to have faith in God, you better get ready to grow. You better get ready to grow. But there are many alternate options that can take our trust, that can take our faith today. There are many alternate options. There are many other gods that exist today. There are many other deities that want our faith and want our trust. And that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to encourage the believers about. He's like saying, hey, grow up, guys. There's stuff happening here. Where is your faith? Where is your trust in the growth? Some of the other deities that exist, money, sex, time, people. Here's one, self. In fact, it's become so bad, this particular God right now, that that our world has created the selfie. (laughs) The last place you want to put your faith and your trust is in selfie. That's the worst God. But when you're planted in good soil and the watering is happening and the growth is on the way, but you've got to along the way realize, man, my trust is in God. It's not in anything else. And my faith is in Him as I grow. See, the growth that we experience as believers is not an accident, but Paul was worried about who was getting the credit. Who gets the credit for your growth? Who gets the credit when you have a breakthrough? God is the one who gives the growth. God is the growth giver. But who are you looking to for the growth? Let me ask you a question. Who are you trusting in to grow your life? Faith is what? Having, uh, having a, a, an assurance that God is at work. And I may not see it yet, but I know He's at work in my life. What do you allow to come alongside God in your worship? You know, faith and trust and worship are a combined thing. Where we put our trust and where we put our faith is ultimately the thing that we worship the most. And we've got to be careful we don't let anything come up alongside God. I said to our exchange crew this week, I spoke at exchange on Tuesday night and I said this to them. I said, hey guys, you have gone from one family to another. I said, you used to have a different father, the father of lies. And you got put into a brand new family with a heavenly father. Now I want you to think about something. Do you think your heavenly father is willing to share you now? Like, do you, th- you really think that our God is willing to go back and share custody of you? Mm-mm. Exodus 20 says that he's a jealous God and he loves you so much and he cares about you so much. And the last thing he wants you to think is that you've been abandoned by him. And that the growth isn't coming because God's worked away. You don't just get a little bit saved. There's no going back. The growth is coming. But it's going to require a trust in God that he will bring you through and you will see the growth come. It takes a mature faith to last the distance, to be the type of person that says, you know what, I may not necessarily see anything right now. That's okay. That's okay, I know my God's at work. So growth comes by faith and trust. Number two, growth comes by obedience. See, it comes into our life by obedient, by obediently walking with the Lord. What kind of obedience? The kind of obedience that occasionally isn't fun. I know it's very silent right now. <laughs> the biblical definition of obedience is the right response of people to the commands of God. 
In Deuteronomy 26, it says, This day the Lord your God commands you to do these statutes and rules. You shall therefore be careful to do them. Look at this. Look at the, look at the explanation of the obedience with all your heart and with all your soul. See, God doesn't want you to do it because he's making your head agree. He wants your heart to be in it. He wants your, your soul to be all encompassed in this thing with him. John 14 and verse 15 says, If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. Acts 5 and verse 29, But Peter and the apostles said, We must obey God rather than men. That's a word for today. Romans 5 and verse 19, As for by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. We follow in the obedience of Christ. But growing in God comes as you trust and you obey Him. That's how you grow. But why? Why does God care about obedience so much? Well, this is why. is because He's a parent. He's a father. And it says this in Hebrews 12, verse 6, For the Lord disciplines, look at this, the one He loves. You are the one He loves. And chastises every son whom He receives. That's why, because God cares about you that much. One of the things that uh, you know, I'm so big on with our kids is that they obey. And, 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 and my kids are still at that age where I can make them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, but, in, but in my dealing with my kids, when, when there's something that needs to be fixed, I, make, I, I, I stop them and I make them obey and my son Charlie. Because I make him say yes, sir, to me. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. They have to say yes, sir, to me. And sometimes my son Charlie is just like, yes, sir. <laughs> it's like we're still working on the heart, but... But, but, but this is why it's so important is because I want him to, and I want my children to learn what it's like to obey me so that when they're adults and they're no longer with me, they know how to obey God. And there are many people, many believers today that weren't made to go through that process as a child and as an adult, they find it really hard to obey the voice of the Lord. This is why it's so important, because growth, it comes through obedience. Every time we say yes to God, it unlocks a part of our growth. Every time we go through that process, come on, you all know this process, that even as adults, we can have that moment with God, we're just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to say yes, sir, right now. God is just so kind and so loving, and He works on our hearts, and we get to that place where we say, Okay, yes, Lord, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna step forward and do what you're asking me to do. But in that moment, that is the point at which the growth comes. God has made all of this available. I just pray you don't go to church because you've resolved and intellectually processed and formulated in your own mind a decision that means you come to church. I just pray you come to church to be planted because God wants you here. That's childlike faith and obedience. That you honor Him with your life, your money, your body, not because you think it's a good idea. That, that, that it's going to work out well for you in the long run. Or that you give God the highest place in your life because, because you've decided that. 
But I pray you'd be a person that understands God just wants me to do this. And I love him so much that I'm going to obey him. Because I would rather obey God than satisfy the desires of the flesh. I'd love it if you could write this down. Obedience is the highest form of worship. And we need to preach this more. I mean, God loves your songs. God loves your hands. You know what he loves more? Your obedience. That's in the scripture. God loves it when we obey him. Why? Because as his children, it means we're tethered to him. And we see that no matter what we want, no matter what, what's going on in our life and with all the things that we say and all the stuff, we're willing to lay that aside and do what he says. Obedience is the highest form of worship. And in that point of obedience, it unlocks the growth to the future that he has for us. Another formula for you today, faith plus obedience equals growth. Faith plus obedience equals growth. This verse has just been, small verse has been my theme in this last season. As we're stepping forward as a church, as we're believing for, for great things, as we so clearly see what God is doing here, and we need to go into the, the land that he's calling us to go into, we need to step forward into the season. This is the verse for me, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And in the middle of that walking, there's going to be some moments of obedience in Jesus' name. But it's going to unlock, it's going to unlock the growth that God has for you. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I want to put this quote up for you, but it's, he says this, there is a great market for religious experience in our world. That has never been more true than today. There is little enthusiasm, though, for the patient acquisition of virtue. Little inclination, look at this, to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. It's just a continuation of what Paul was saying to the church, that if you're going to live for God, if you're going to have faith in Him, if you're going to see the growth come, then it's going to mean you're going to have to trust Him and you're going to have to do what He says. But in the middle of all that, we've got to understand and have a revelation today. I believe we can get that He is working like a father on our behalf, helping to bring us in to the place that he's got for us. Growth is painful. And pain and discomfort is sometimes necessary to experience the growth that God has for you. Don't be scared of it. Embrace it and see what God does. So growth comes from, from having faith and trust in the Lord. Growth comes through obedience. And finally, growth comes ultimately with blessing and overflow. The reason that God sometimes takes time with us is so that without fail, we will experience the flourishing life. Because if we manufacture it on our own, it won't be as good. And he knows that. The reason that it takes a while for the cedar to grow tall or for the palm tree to shoot high is that he actually wants us to experience his overflow, not our own. What is God's overflow? Well, Paul was onto this. He was telling all the churches. He was writing letters to them. And he tells a different church what the overflow is. It's, it's to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 3. 
And he says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure, look at this, of all the fullness of God. He doesn't want you to miss out. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, look at this, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the... To him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. In other words, the growth is worth it. Because on the other side, on the other side of the waiting, on the other side of the planting, on the other side of the the watering, on the other side of the work, on the other side of the trust and the obedience, Paul says this, it doesn't matter what you think it is, it's going to be better. What you imagine God's going to do through your family, it's going to be better. What you could conjure up in your imagination, what God's going to do through your marriage or through your children, think as much as you want, go as far as you want, whatever that looks like, the Bible says it's going to be better. I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone to miss the overflow of what God can do in our lives. I don't want anyone to miss the blessing that God could bring in. I don't want anyone in our church to miss the goodness of God in their lives, to experience what he says with measure, the fullness of the love of God. See, growth, it's painful, but it's worth it. Would you stand with me? I want to pray right now for your waiting. If you're in here today and you've been sitting here and you're like, man, I'm I'm on board. I've chosen to be planted. I, I, I want to give God my seed of faith and my act of obedience and I'm choosing. But maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, this is tough because I am waiting right now. I'm waiting on some things. I'm waiting on a restoration. I'm waiting on a blessing. I'm waiting on some breakthrough. I'm trying to get through this thing that is just so hard right now. Maddie, I'm in it. I want to pray for you because I believe today's God's going to give you courage. He's going to give you strength. I believe he's going to give you a perspective that maybe you didn't have up until this moment. But through this supernatural time, I believe in worship and in prayer, God's going to give you everything you need to step forward, knowing under the surface he's working. God, I just thank you right now for anyone in here that's waiting, anyone in here that's believing for the growth, looking to see it come. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd come right now, that you would work in our lives and our hearts, that you would give us peace that only comes from heaven, that you would give us assurance that only comes from heaven, that you would give us revelation that only comes from the love of God. And for those of us, Lord, that are waiting, that are looking, God, I pray you'd give us the, 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 the ability to wait well, wait with expectation, wait with faith, wait with trust, to take the steps and make the steps of obedience, Lord, that unlock that growth. We thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.